back to another episode of The Decision Hour. I'm your host, Adam Bird. Folks, I'm excited. I'm excited for this interview today. I've been blessed to, just truly blessed to uh, have this woman walk into our lives and be introduced to her. And uh, she's I, I can honestly say she's one of those types of, of people where you just know that's one person that you can reach out to at any time. And she'd be there for you, even if it's just an, an ear to listen. Um, so without further ado, I want to bring on my friend. She's the founder of Independence Bourbon. And we're going to get into that here in just a, in, in a few minutes. Ann Pardon. Ann, how are you today? Adam, it's a pleasure to be here. I'm excited this morning, honored, and uh, really can't wait to get into it about the bourbon and uh, sharing the independent story and inviting uh, the listeners uh, of your audience so good good morning good afternoon whatever time the the show airs but uh i'm excited to be here and you're right i am a person that you can call day or night and always have a sofa or a guest room wherever i have a bed you have a bed i I absolutely love it and appreciate it appreciate it so and let's dive into this why don't you tell the listeners let's start with telling the listeners a little bit about yourself sure adam um so I was reared in North Carolina, uh, one of five girls. Uh, my last name is Parton. Uh, there is relationship to Dolly. Yes, I am one of those girls. <laughs> and uh, I finished uh, my master's and my PhD at the University of North Carolina in Chapel Hill, um, master's in public administration, and my PhD in cognitive psychology. Um, and so I also have a son, uh, Luke who is 24 and a paramedic, life flight paramedic, and just finished that stand up and is hoping uh, for PA school soon. Um, and that's a little about me um, and just excited to be with you this morning. Well, and okay, so let's, I appreciate that. Amazing. And so the, the big question now that I have is you, you start like you started a company, Independence Bourbon. And, and I know a little bit about the backstory, but for the listeners here, enlighten them on like, is this just something like, you know, with your background and, and a PhD and, and, and whatnot, you're like, uh, you, did you just wake up one morning? And you're like, you know what? Bourbon, let's do it. Like, how did that walk us through that thought process? Because I'm in yeah. this, I'm in the spirit business as well, as you know, and it's like, I'm thinking, why am I doing this? <laughs> That's a great question, Adam. And no, it did not begin like that. So uh, for eight years, I was a part of a firm out of Lexington, Kentucky, that represented the Kentucky Distilleries Association. Yeah. And um, for that period of time, it allowed me uh, quite backstage access, if you will, to all the distillers in Kentucky. And so I learned about the white dog process and I learned about bourbon. And being in the legislative world, we celebrate successes with bourbon. And so, um, you know, we talk about aromatherapy a lot as women and men. I mean, it's, it's a part of health and wellness these days. When I open a bottle of bourbon, I may not drink it, Adam. I may just smell it because that smells like that's success. I did something well today because I, you know, had a win for whatever client or, um, you know, 
just diff- different clients and it didn't have to be a bourbon client. So I'll tell you why independence bourbon. Okay. Um, so there's something about bourbon that a lot of people don't know. Um, currently on the market, there is not a bourbon that has been developed by a woman for women. Whoa, whoa, time out, time out. Hold on. Let me, let me, I got to interrupt you here. Yeah. On the market right now. And there's, there's a, there's a lot of bourbons that are out there now for, 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 mm-hmm. and just for clarification, because this is something I didn't realize until I got into the business is that for it to be called a, a, a legit bourbon, it has to be done in Kentucky first, foremost, right? Almost. You're okay. almost there. And then, and then, but you're, you're telling me that out of everything that's on the market right now, there isn't a single one that's been developed by a woman. That is correct. There are two distilleries that are owned by women. One was an, done through an ac- acquisition, um, so good for her. Okay. Um, the second one, um, her husband was a connoisseur of wine, and uh, <laughs> she talked him in his wallet into opening up um, their company. And I, I don't want to say too much here because I uh, don't want to give it away right. and, and want our listeners to, to do some research on their own. And, Kind of like crossword puzzle, you'll get it. Um, but yes, let's go back to uh, your first clarifying statement, which is <clears throat> it must be made in Kentucky to be considered a bourbon. So here's how that kind of works it does not have to be made in the state of Kentucky to be considered a bourbon. Okay. It has to be distilled, bottled, and distributed to belong to the Kentucky Distilleries Association, ah. which is what we affirm okay. as, okay, a Kentucky bourbon okay. or a Kentucky straight bourbon. Okay. So, um, and lots of consumers concern, uh, excuse me, lots of consumers um, have two different thought processes around um, whiskey and bourbon right. and what's the difference. And we could spend a lot of time right. on that. Um, our, Bourbon will be distilled from two different places. Um, Independence currently is being distilled out of Fort Myer, Florida. Okay. Our other distillery will be out of Covington, Kentucky. And you may already be saying, well, what's the reason behind that? Let's talk about that a little yeah. bit. Um, and so <clears throat> in order to be considered a Kentucky bourbon, that's the moonshot. So that means that something really special, right. really special from independence needs to come out of there. And so that's okay. We've got that taken care of. We have been gifted a honeysuckle recipe. There is no honeysuckle bourbon on the market right now. So um, this is uh, something that's aging inside of our distillery in Kentucky. Um, we'll be ready to go with that bourbon in three years. But don't worry, don't worry. There's plenty of bourbon still to go around before that one's done. <laughs> and so uh, we are launching two blends. The first blend is unlocked. So it's independence unlocked. The second blend is independence toasted. And so what we had hoped to do there, Adam, was introduce those very female palettes that would be very distinguished in their education of bourbon. Mm-hmm their consumption of bourbon, and their appreciation of bourbon. So um, we'll talk about the first blend, which is very, it's a a caramel, it's a vanilla, 
uh, but it's very anchoring. It's, there's a, a peppery, pepperiness to it as well. Okay. And that is a nod to every woman all over the world. It is your independence unlocked. Come and drink with us. Um, wow. Come and unlock your independence with all of us, no matter what that story is. And then I felt the diversity piece uh, needed to be represented as well. And so that's why I developed a rye. And so our independence toasted is a nod and an attribution to black and brown women all over the world. So uh, both of those batch numbers are significant. So for unlock, the first batch number is 0704, which happens to be my birthday, Independence Day, that I celebrate with our great nation. And then uh, the second batch is 0515, which is my son's birthday. Huh. And uh, my son's uh, father is Hispanic, so I call him my little my little toasted baby. And so um, he gets the 0515. And uh, so we we both loved that and just thought, you know, that's that's fitting. That's good. Um, so and we think that uh, hopefully other folks will appreciate that, oh, too. That's great. Listen, folks, if you're on if you're listening to the show right now, that means you're already online. Open up another browser. Go to independence-bourbon.com and check it out. The, um, the bottles are absolutely gorgeous. Uh, I love it. I love the colors of the website. Um, and you can, you guys can uh, see what what it's going on here. Um, walk us back here yeah. a little bit. When did when was this idea? first created when yeah when did when did that start has this been yeah, that, has this been like a long like several years in the making yeah we got off a little bit there so i was uh actually adam coming straight back to that so independence bourbon in the name um independence bourbon has been in the making uh and in my thought life since um i will call it june of 2022 um, and then I would call it birth or fruition in January of 23. Okay. So I'll tell you a little bit about that. Yeah. This bourbon was not created by a bunch of um, think tank bourbon connoisseurs who got together with cigars and different blends of cigars and different blends of bourbon and said, hmm, what do you think about this? Well, what about that? Well, this tastes great with that. And I think that would be a great story, Adam, but that's not the story of independence bourbon. Okay. So you um, asked me to think about the time before the show of where I had to make that decision. Right. So I'll share a little bit about that decision, which happens to be independence bourbon. Okay. Um, in the past six years, uh, I have lost my mother, my father, three sisters, and a nephew. And so <clears throat> along with a job along the way. And so there was lots of loss along the way. I had a friend of mine who called me one afternoon and he said, I want you to come out to the ranch. And I said, the what? And he said, um, I want you to come out to the ranch. I want you to come out, be under my ranch manager for six weeks. I just want you to spend some time on the land. Just uh, get off the, get off the wheel. 
And uh, I want you to work on spending some time with yourself and spending some time with your creator. See, Adam, my father was a minister. He was a preacher. And so uh, I'm a born again believer. And so I, I know what it means to, uh, when my friend says, have some time alone to get your head on straight, mm. that means, um, you know, really have some time alone to get with your creator and really understand what your meaning is. Right. So I went out to the ranch and I worked like a ranch hand for six weeks. No matter what I was told to do, I did it. And uh, it was hard work. It was grueling work. It was, uh, (laughs) it was uh, incredibly frustrating most days. Um, I have tiny little hands and uh, they don't do the work of big hands. And I didn't know how to steer a horse or um, drive a tractor or put up cattle fencing or any of those things. And so a lot of days uh, frustrated me to no end because no matter if you have your master's undergraduate or PhD, there's nothing like ranch work to show you that, um, you know, chaining up that fence is, uh, there's a trick to everything on a ranch and there's a meaning and you can get hurt very quickly if you don't follow the rules. And so spending six weeks out there really got me centered on what is important? Why is life happening to me rather than for me? And I thought, yeah, that's, that's got to be screwed up. I know that that can't be what's really happening, but yeah, I'm on this, you know, roller coaster of the feelings up and down and up and down. And yeah, I'm just really convinced that life is happening to me, not for me. So by the end of that six weeks and spending time alone on the land and hard work, a little bit of therapy, I have to uh, credit a gentleman by the name of Dr. Richard Tedeschi. Um, he is the author or co-author of a book called Struggle Well. I'm fortunate enough that Dr. Tedeschi is a UNC Chapel Hill alum and uh, was uh, a person I could talk to during the time I was out there about the personal law. And what I came to find out is, Adam, life isn't happening to us. Life is happening for us. And so then I had to go, well, you said I could say anything on the show, but I'm I'm still going to try and be pretty clean (laughs) here. Um, That still looked pretty shitty to me. Yeah. I was like, you know, this doesn't, this just, no, um. It's still happening to me, not for me. So a couple weeks go by, a couple weeks go by, and I'm still out on the ranch. And then I begin to realize there are two things that I've been asked to get passionate about. And I figured out what those two things were. Women's wellness issues and having autonomy over our own thoughts, destinies, bodies, careers, anything. And I love bourbon. I love the whole industry of bourbon. I cut my teeth in Kentucky on the industry. And then I came back in one night and it was my night to be in with the the horses and feeding and then cleaning up the saddles and this, that, and the other. And I was out there among the leather and the straps and the soap and the dirt and the yuck. And 
I just said, you know, oh, a good glass of bourbon would be really good. So I, I was in the main house, not where the ranch hands were. And so I walked back out to the back garage and one of the ranch managers was back there. And I said, yeah, it's really too bad. We don't have any bourbon. And he said, oh, no one showed you that. I said, nope. And so we had a glass of bourbon together. So we had a glass of bourbon together and I went to bed and I woke up and I thought, you know, hmm, women's issues and bourbon. Okay. Yep. Well, those two things still don't go together. So came home, came home in early August and um, in October, I was challenged to go and meet the great Tony Robbins. And uh, I had heard Tony Robbins speak when I was probably 22 on the shore of Waikiki Beach in Honolulu, Hawaii. And uh, yeah, I thought it was pretty great then. I thought it was pretty motivating then. But I mean, what problems do you actually have when you're 22, right? I mean, right. you haven't had a, a whole lot of life experience <laughs> just yet to, to have a bunch of problems. So went out to see Tony and um, I did uh, Unleash the Power Within. And during that time period, um, there is a period of that program where they build a fire altar. Mm-hmm all day long and like let those coals sit and what they don't tell you is at the end of that evening <clears throat> you're going to be asked to walk across those coals and you have a decision to make whether you're going to do the craziest thing uh, that you've ever done in your life and you're going to be completely liable for anything that happens to your body during that time right but the thing you're going to be most liable for is the transformation of what happens to your mind during that time frame and so uh, I had that experience. I walked across the coals and uh, came home a different person and understood that life was happening for me, not to me. And I said, okay, now with this new pair of glasses on and this new filter, what does that look like in my everyday life? When I get up in the morning and I look at myself and I say, hey, you, you good looking girl, you like life's happening for you today, yeah. not to you. Does that mean that I brush my teeth different, put on my makeup different? What does that mean? I mean, to me, my thought life is different. Is my job different? The way I parent, is that different? Am I a good friend to Adam differently? Like, what does that really mean? Was it just a mind shift then? Was it just how you looked? Was it? Uh, what's the word I'm trying to say? Perception? Yeah, I would say it's definitely a cognitive shift. But I think that um, anything that we think of cognitively, even walking across the table and, and picking something up, you have to first be able to see yourself doing that, mm. effectuating that activity mm-hmm. before the mind will adopt it and the body will fall in line, right? right? right. And so... Um, <clears throat> I spent some time in that mind space and I've been an entrepreneur before and I thought, okay, you say that you're passionate about women and their issues of wellness and autonomy and career decisions and labor market and all kinds of things. And, and you love bourbon. What is life doing for you in both of those areas? Mm. And I spent some time and I had this little green journal. I'm a journaler. 
And I was with a good friend of mine who was actually um, uh, doing something in real estate, like either taking a sign down or putting a sign up or putting a lot of something. And I'm sitting in the car and I begin to sketch the independence bourbon bottle in the sketch pad. And immediately my marketing plan rolled right from my mind's tongue onto the notebook. And I knew immediately the first batch. I knew immediately the second batch. I knew why it would be called, what it would need to be called. But most importantly, I knew two things. There is not a bourbon on the market that is made by a woman for women. And why does there need to be? That's what I said to myself. <clears throat> that was the first hard question. So I had to do a little research and do a little digging. I know that I can taste some bourbons, and I'm like, hmm, I'm not too sure about that. So what I learned was women's taste buds are larger, and we have more of them. Really? So, and you know, there's a whole, uh, there's, there's a myriad of reasons for that. You know, we bear children. We were gatherers. We were not hunters. There's a distinguishable part of a woman's palate. And so I said, huh, well, I've always celebrated successes with bourbon. And I've always celebrated um, even familial successes with moonshine. So let's go back to my roots just a little bit. Let's talk about these taste buds that are in my mouth, yeah. right? So the Partons are from the Cataluche Valley of North Carolina and the mountains of Eastern Tennessee. Yeah. So during Prohibition, they didn't run moonshine because, oh, that was a great thing to do. They ran moonshine because that was the only thing to do to run money. And they didn't have distributors. They ran moonshine, which often meant they had a history with law enforcement. So my family was actually asked to come down nicely out of the hills. But the shine shacks never ceased operating. They did come down out of the hills. They just got smarter about what they were doing. So if you take all of that and you roll that up into who I am and you're sitting back and you're thinking, okay, <clears throat> my poor old daddy, you know, he had this great successful business and then went on to become a minister and reared me as the last of five girls. And if he were here today, he would tell you, you know, he finally had it all right and had it all together and poured all of his good stuff into me. He comes to visit me in Kentucky and who am I working for? None other. Representing bourbon, right? And he's done everything in the world to clean himself up from moonshine and prohibition and all those things that we do as adults. And here's his shiny new toy going, look, daddy. Look at all this bourbon. And so, you know, it's pretty funny. It's pretty funny the way things work. So, you know, I said, I said to myself also, wait a minute, how can I do this? Right? How can I do this? Because, you know, this is uh, what we were talking about before, Adam, those messages that get in your head that say, I can't do this because of this. I shouldn't do this because of that. No, you should do everything because the little voice that's telling you not to do it, you should try it anyway. Yeah. And I always tell people, I try everything at least twice. 
scary or not yeah. before I say, absolutely not. I can't do this anymore. I don't want to do it anymore. It's not likable. And so I would say to you about independence, that is when the idea really began to culminate in my mind and in my spirit is that once I began doing the research and understanding this industry, I had been so closely associated with. I had been birthed in this industry. I had many successes in this industry. As I just said to you, I can smell a bourbon and understand what success means. But at the same time, I thought to myself, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. This industry is happening to some people, not for some people. We're going to change that. We're going to change the way bourbon is not necessarily made and aged, but we're going to change some ingredients. And we'd love it if our competitors who happen to be predominantly male offer us a seat at the table. But if you don't, that's okay, because we're going to take it. We're going to have a seat. We're going to sit down together. We're going to break bread together. We're going to play nicely in the sandbox together but we're going to take our share of the market. I love it. And Adam, there are a couple drivers, market drivers of bourbon. One of them is premium brands. The second one is at-home occasions. And the third one is the consumer who picks the product. Mm. I don't have to tell you this. Since the 1970s, any product that gets brought into the home where there is a woman Ages 30 to 51 make household consumer decisions. Women have a story to tell, Adam. That's why I say it's never been about the bourbon. It is about women's stories of independence and how they came into their own right and their own being. That just happens to be a driver and a vehicle of bourbon where we can share those yeah. stories over something that has been made by us and for us. It's and so, so you'll such find... a powerful message too, in the way that you're doing this seriously. It, Thank you. It, it, it's such, it's so powerful the way that you're doing it. And, and then to take the market, I mean, I obviously, you know, you listeners, you guys are hearing this for the first time, but I've, I've, I've known Ann now for several months and just kind of keeping an eye on it and watching it. <clears throat> and it's, it's just like the marketing side of this is, you know, that's with my background and stuff. It's genius with this. If you go to the website, guys, again, if you're listening to the show, you're already online, open up another browser, go to independence-bourbon.com, and you're going to see this beautiful website, Independence Bourbon for Women by Women. Now, I got an important question for you, Ann. Absolutely. People listening to this and they're like, "Oh, want some of that? What do I? What do I got to do to get my hands around some of that? How, how, how can they? How can they find this? Or when? When is it going to be available? Made available? What? Walk us through that. What, what? What do we need to know there? Thank you for asking that question. So, of course, go to the website. You're going to put yourself on our email list, and from that email list, you're going to receive a coupon for a percentage off of a first bottle of bourbon. I am certainly hoping hoping to autograph each of those first bottles that go out of the bourbon. And so um, you should be able to log, on, log in on the website, mm -hmm. get your address, your email address put in, receive that email back. 
and be able to get your first bottle of bourbon within six to eight weeks. Um, now, I'll share with you that honeysuckle bourbon. That's not going to be available for about three years, so you're going to have to watch us. And I want you to watch us. I want everyone to watch us because though we are catering to women's palates, we want every human being to taste our bourbon and let us know how we're doing. We want to know, should it be more peppery? Should it be more caramel? Should it have more of an anchor? Should it have, you know, less of an anchor? Is it too much? Is it too little? Is it, you know, is, is our rye, is it, is it wheated? Is it, what, what more do we need to be doing? We want to have our ears open. We want our hearts open in this company. Our mission is to make a good bourbon while we unite women's stories of independence. And so there's a place on our website that, that asks you to share your story. And uh, we want to work with the media experts such as yourself to curate those stories and put those out on Instagram and LinkedIn and Twitter. We have another site called Girls Who Bourbon. And uh, we want to be able to share in small regional events of women who are learning about bourbon, not just independence, but the most important thing that goes on during those Girls Who Bourbon times is their stories of everyday life, of everyday conquerings, and everyday owning their independence, yeah. owning their stories. And so I would just say to you, look out world, you know, here we come. Uh, in 2025, we're set to have a Tennessee whiskey. We will do that to honor my family's roots. Um, we will also do a Tennessee moonshine. Um, we have already been told that our brand will need to stay independent. And um, we were hoping for Parton Moonshine, but uh, it seems that I have a cousin who that wouldn't make very happy. So look for our brand to stay the same, independence. And um, we have a bitters as well. And uh, look for those as well. And I will say lastly, we are working on a cigar project oh. that will be paired. Um, we, I think we want to start with the two blends that we have right now. Yeah. Um, we are looking at um, a couple of different places to our neighbors to the south, directly manufactured. These aren't um, white labeled cigars, but this will be a heavy lift for independence. And this will be a project that will be <clears throat> worth waiting for. Yeah, I forgot. So, about, I forgot about the cigars, and Yeah, yeah. So uh, we we want to. We also want our audience in in the bourbon industry, both consumer and producer. Adam is predominantly male, mm -hmm. and we really want to open that space up. Um, and I don't want to. I, my mission at Independence is not to do that in an aggressive way. It's not in a, a feminist way. It is in a charitable way from human being to human being. I am a woman. You are a man. We have these gendered stereotypes and institutionalized stereotypes mm -hmm. that would tell us women shouldn't smoke a cigar. Women shouldn't smoke a cigar and have a glass of bourbon. We're really here to shatter those paradigms. Yeah. 
and share uh, and, and share in a good way and be a part of the story. We want you to hear our stories and we want to hear your stories. I love that. I absolutely love that. And you kind of, so the last question I had for you was, was the feet on the line and you kind of went over that, but I'm, I'm going to ask, is there anything else you would like to add before we let you go today? Um, Adam, I just, I think the only other thing I would add is if there's anyone in your audience um, that has a dream, that has a story that they want to share and that they need help to put wings on a dream, whether they're male or female, I'd invite them to reach out to me at Ann Parton at independence-bourbon.com. You open the show with um, me being a person that listens and my heart is a heart of a helper. My heart is here to remind people that life is happening for you. It's not happening to you. And I have very succinct ways of helping people understand that. And we certainly want to hear everyone's stories, not just women's stories. Uh, but uh, we do want to make a place in the market where women are accepted easily and are catered to in this market. And I would add last, um, in every alcohol class, Adam, we have locked up for women by women or by women for women. What that means is no wine, beer, or other distilled spirit, champagne. No one can use that but independence bourbon. Nice. So uh, we're really proud of that. Oh, we're working uh, to promote that. And uh, I think that uh, it's, it's going to serve all of humanity very well to remember that uh, it's a good place for women to be in the bourbon industry. That's outstanding. And truly blessed to have you in my life. And thank you for your time today and coming on and super excited about independence bourbon and what you're doing. Congratulations Adam, on everything. Thank you. Thank you. You as well. I appreciate you so much. Absolutely. Folks, make sure you go check out independence-bourbon.com. Get your email in there. You're going to want to follow this organization very, very closely. I promise you that. Uh, before we let you go, make sure you go check out our parent network, Heroes Media Group. Check out all the shows, new articles. We are hiring. If you're looking to cover college sports this fall, let us know. Simply send us an email at info at heroesmediagroup.com. Until next time, you've been listening to The Decision Hour. <laughs>